Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walter Show. God bless you today. Uh, let me see if you could guess what today's program is about. Well, I've given it a title, and it's called A Welcome to Transylvania. Welcome to Transylvania. That's where we are in this country with what happened this last week, and we are going to break it down. From Scripture to everything that you aren't hearing on the news, some there will be some overlap. I will mention simply because there are some aspects of that story that I think have been left out, at least from my perspective and from what I've heard. But not breaking with my newly reestablished tradition of starting with some good news. I have a couple of quick stories to Get us in the mode, in the mood, um, I guess would be the thing. Uh, regarding January 6th, I haven't done much on that because it is so adequately and thoroughly covered by Hannity, Tucker Carlson, uh, right on down the line. Hasn't been much for me to add to that. But what I thought was interesting, why I included this in good news, is there's a California Democrat, which is sort of redundant, if you're from California, you probably are a Democrat. Uh, great, great, overwhelming majority are. Robert Garcia went to visit those that are behind bars 25 months now, waiting for a simple bond hearing. This is so stinking unconstitutional. And uh, maybe one of the reasons why I am starting to find myself swinging back to the Trump camp, camp, Trump camp. But that's a whole other program. I've got to push that down the road here a week or so. Because I think he's the one who would just come in there and simply pardon everybody. This is grossly unconstitutional, not even have a simple bond hearing. They're there for 25 months. So Garcia goes in there. And uh, while these constitutional rights are being clearly violated, he goes in there and has a totally different impression. He said here, quoting uh, from the Western Journal, the Republicans who criticize the conditions inside the jail are shameful and that these insurrectionists are being held in much better conditions than most black or brown inmates. End quote. Well, first of all, Mr. Garcia... Most black and brown inmates are not held for over two years, you joker, without even a bond hearing. And most of the people, black, brown, or white, that are in jail, most of them are, in fact, guilty. Not true here. Trump needs to just come in, just grant blanket pardon, everybody goes free, sue the federal government, give everybody a couple of million bucks who's been held hostage by the Department of Injustice. But the reason this is good news, you want to say, well, where the heck is good news? What greeted Robert Garcia when he viewed and toured the facility? Well, the chant of the prisoners 
loosely so-called, the incarcerated, they only said three words when Garcia came through. They chanted, let's go, Brandon. Ah, 25 months in jail, and they're still cheering, let's go, Brandon. Next thing, good news coming out of the state of Idaho. The governor signs a bill legalizing or maybe restoring, I don't know. I don't know the history of Idaho well enough to comment further. Legalizing execution by firing squad. That's right. That's a good way to kill people that need and should be killed. Scripture says those are there are those who die who should not have the sentence of, of death upon them, and there are those who should die who people excuse and let off. Yeah, that's out of that's in uh, in scripture. It's about time for legislation like this. Maybe they should show it on TV. It would probably be a deterrent to crime. I hate to highlight this, but some people it takes some shock and awe. Uh, for that to happen, and, and typically the firing squad is a minimum of eight, maybe six, sometimes 12. And the reason that is people think, well, somebody might miss. That is the uneducated conclusion as to why firing squads have so many people. The real reason is they don't want to place upon the heart the burden of an execution upon one shooter. So you have 12 people shoot, and nobody really knows which shot killed a guy. Just a little educational thing there. Last one real fast, which is now the lead-in to our topic for the whole hour. Missouri Attorney General has set up and releases a hotline in Missouri to report trans medicine being administered, given to, to minors. So if you find some doctor in St. Louis who's given some minor a puberty blocker, you can call the hotline report the doctor, get his credentials taken away, and ship him off to California. <clears throat> they want him. Okay, to the topic of the day. Clearly the shooting in Nashville by the she-male or what? Ever the heck you call these people. Killed six people, three adults, three children. You need to know no more about that aspect of it. You've heard it all and know about it. That's what I'm not here to report old news. But there are some things here that I want to cover. I want to cover three points before we get to various other stories that are in circulation, things that are happening around this event and ultimately that preceded this event. And then what do we do about it? That comes at the, uh, comes at the end of the program. First of all, let's just, let's just start with, with Scripture. Maybe we should end with Scripture as well. Probably should. <clears throat> Here's a passage that I could be wrong, but I only know of one person has ever preached this from the pulpit. And that's the person who's on the microphone right now. Yes. I preached this to a church where ah, there was a couple that got up and walked out. But, hey, I couldn't care less. I'm preaching the word. I don't care what they say or do. 
San Inez, California. They marched out. They thought I was unloving because I quoted the Bible. Understand, when people react that way, say that's not, uh, that's not loving. When you quote God, you are telling God he is not loving. I'm just a messenger. You want to write this verse down because this verse will define ultimately or should define every discussion about this tranny crapola. Deuteronomy 22.5. Write it down. And go ask your pastor why he's never mentioned this. We've got so many feckless, gutless eunuchs in black robes standing in pulpits. They're afraid they're going to drive people away when they preach anything other than some hyper-grace message 52 weeks a year. They are unfit for the pulpit, in my opinion. No guts. Deuteronomy 22.5. The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. He didn't say they're just unclean, like we're talking about clean and unclean animals, which ones you can eat, not eat. We're not talking about a religious observance that was rooted in all the things that people couldn't keep so that God could show them that they're not going to be able to get saved by the law and need the blood of a Savior to do so. These are truths that go from the beginning of time to the end of time, Old Testament to New Testament. It's an abomination to God. In other words, God says that a man who puts on a woman's clothing or vice versa is detestable in his sight. So now you go tell God he's not loving. He gets to make the rules, and he has. It's detestable. Maybe God's got to run to a window and throw it open and hurl. He calls it an abomination. That doesn't change in the New Testament. Once an abomination, always an abomination. There's no place in the Old Testament where abomination is used that that does that those rules and laws do not. There's no place that they no longer pertain. They all still pertain to this day and life. And anybody who says otherwise is simply trying to excuse themselves either for their own sin or the sins of their children and try to cover up for some other screw-ups in their life by relegating certain parts of the Word of God to being antiquated. Not so. Again, Deuteronomy 22.5, The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination. The nicest the nicest synonym for abomination you can get is detestable. That's it. Okay. Now for those three things before we launch into some particular stories that we want to cover today. First of all, those who are involved in this gender dysphoria, which now the American Psychiatric Association has eliminated it as a mental issue. It has been for hundreds of years, forever, and frankly, it still is. These people are mentally unstable at all levels. At all levels. Look, I know a number of homosexuals. I don't hate them, 
But I will just simply tell you, there's not a single one that I've ever met, not a single one, that is not an emotional high wire act when pressured. Sometimes they don't require being pressured. I worked with some. Flew off the handle if you look sideways at them. It's what the conviction of sin does when you don't undertake dealing with it. Right? Right. That's been my experience. I feel sorry for them in a way because they have bought into the lie of the devil hook, line, and sinker. But the fact of the matter is they think the people that don't affirm their aberrant, debauched, abominable, detestable lifestyle are the problem. The problem is if they look in the mirror, they would just see themselves as a lost, corrupt, and frankly, a soul that has been accepting of lies of the devil. And they are mentally unstable. So if there's anything we could pull out of this week, I suppose, for the gun control advocates is, uh, you know what? i got to save that comment for later. Okay, that's point number one. Num- point number two, this whole transphobia thing. The real hatred is not people like me who just read you Deuteronomy 22.5. The people who are really... First, first of all, a phobia is a fear, but the definition has been changed to hatred. So because they've changed the definition essentially to hatred as opposed to fear, I'm going to have to work with that for the purpose of this piece. The real transphobes are the ones that are out there offering affirming care. The so-called affirming, affirming their grossly sinful behavior. That keeps them in bondage. If you're doing something that is, you're encouraging people in sinful behavior, keeping them in bondage, guess what? You are the hater. The transphobes are the people who actually are out there providing, so they say, affirming care, telling them that they're fine, they're okay, everything is okay, it's these radical Christians that are screwed up, you're fine. It doesn't matter how many people tell them that, trannies sit at the top of the list in the suicide rate, drug use, violence. You know, I mean, the sin, I don't care how much you affirm it, the sin does not go away. It will continue to dog them. And I've said this a number of times, and I will say it yet again. No one ever says it. I have no psychiatric um, stats to back this up. This is just one of these things I know that I know that I know in my knower. Tranny people are homosexuals. And they are that because they logically feel badly about their same-sex attraction. No question about it. And that's a good thing, they feel badly, because until you feel badly about it, you don't do something about it. But the question is, what do you do about it? Well, if you finally have a whole bunch of people in your affirming care group, what a precious little group that is, tell you that you're fine and dandy, but you're actually just a guy in a woman's body, 
or vice versa, then what they are enabling when people tell that is for the person to actually think that they are the other sex, which then legitimizes their desire for their own true same sex. So the guy who fakes it to be a woman and then convinces himself he's really a female, in his mind, legitimizes his same-sex desire for the guys. It's actually really simple. I don't know why this has escaped so many people. Number three. The training crowd, of course, contends that Christians are the ones at fault for making them feel badly about themselves. So apparently the answer to all of this is to go buy some guns and kill six Christians in Nashville, Tennessee. Is that right? I mean, is that how it works? You, uh, you know, adult trannies are more violent than normal people. Homosexuals are far more violent than heterosexuals. There is no question about it. I will share something. I obviously can't get too detailed because the person is a client. A law client in California. Uh, she teaches at a university in California. I won't even get more specific than that. I'm not going to even tell you what she has taught for the last 23 years. But she said every guy in her class is queer and every girl in her class is straight. Now, I'll let you figure out what she's teaching. I, I can't let her be even remotely identified. And she said that there's hardly a day goes by that one of her homosexual students doesn't come up to her and start complaining to her about how their lover beat the crap out of them the night before or the weekend before or whatever. And she also went on to say that she does not know, could not remember one instance of where one of the girls came up to her and confided in her about their boyfriend beating the tar out of her the night before or the weekend before. When you're screwed up, you're screwed up. And it is a, and to consider that somehow a level of violence is justified is beyond belief. So these adult trannies are angered because why? There have been laws put in place not allowing for the bodily mutilation of children, breast removal, mastectomies, eunuchs created while you wait. What are they really mad about? Are they upset because they won't have these, uh, they'll have fewer uh, immature children to count on uh, who could never give informed consent to bodily mutilation for them to be attracted to in the future? Is that it? Are they angry because they cannot groom and fabricate child trannies as easily as they could before? The answer is absolutely yes. That's why homosexuals object to anything that's overtly limiting 
to the influence of the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community upon children. That's their recruiting ground. As I've shared before, well-established fact, well-established, incontrovertible, 46% of all male homosexuals have admitted, and these are only the ones that have got, have got the guts to admit it. So the real number is 56, 66, 76, 86%, I don't know, admitted having been sodomized, sexually molested by a male when they were a child. I talked to a pastor once who'd been in ministry for 30-some years, ministered to a lot of homosexuals. He said that he had never yet, not one single time, met a homosexual that was not molested as a child. That is the recruiting ground. So the trans community says they're fearful now. They say that they've been fearing physical violent backlash by straights, by white nationalistic Christians, to be precise. And beside the fact that they, they should fear God and they don't fear, they don't fear God, for some reason, they believe that they should fear these other people. Where we we really don't we don't have cases of wildly heterosexual guys blowing up a whole bunch of queers or trannies. But wait till you hear a story to follow in a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, the stories that are going to follow this introduction, long introduction will prove, actually, that it's the Christians who should be concerned, should be watchful, and, yes, should be armed. And with that, we are going to launch into story number one, dealing with the media who are tied in knots they can't figure out how to how to identify this shooter. Daily Caller News Foundation here quote corporate media news outlets have stumbled around the name and pronouns of a shooter who killed the three children, three adults in Nashville, because they have learned that the killer was a transgender. So in other words, this media which falls all over themselves about tranny this, tranny that, queer this, queer that, they're all twisted in their underwear. Because they know that they've been telling lies. They know that if they say that this person was actually a, a, a girl, they will offend the tranny crowd because they won't be giving the deceased criminal her due for letting her identify as she, ide she identified. If they don't do that, if they do do it, then, of course, it calls into, the, into clear focus the violent tendencies of the trannies. They're stuck. They are absolutely, completely, and totally twisted in their underwear, and I love seeing this. Next piece. So is it a coincidence that the trannies have been planning, and it is in process this weekend, has not been called off protesting at the Supreme Court level for, I you know, it's not clear because the Supreme Court hasn't ruled on tranny issues. I think they're, 
Uh, and, and it's unclear why the, the trainees feel like they ought to be violent when actually there hasn't been a simple, a single state that has limited destroying your own body if you are an adult. So the, the, the trannies that are committing the violence are all adults, and none of it violates their rights. They've mutilated their own bodies. They're all, they're all blown up about the fact that some innocent young child without parental consent or informed consent, knowing the consequences of the mutilation, can't be mutilated. So it's, nothing even violates their rights. So why, these, why they are planning this day of protesting at the Supreme Court, or a couple of days, starting on the 31st, the day you are likely hearing this, it's beyond me. It's called the Trans Day of Vengeance. And this was there. This is right after one of their own trannies kills six innocent Christians in Nashville. Does it stop them? Apparently not. They have advertised in this uh, protest around the Supreme Court, which hasn't ruled on anything remotely close to their particular debauched proclivities. They've said here, quote, the time is now, quoting them, the trans, non-binary, gender, non-conforming, intersex communities. Goodness sakes. Now, now do you see why so many years ago I said LGBTQRS to UVWXYZ? I mean, I go back seven, eight years because I knew that every six months to a year there would be another letter identifying another debauched behavior that would be attached to the list that's demanding civil rights protection and preference subsidization and ultimately punishment of anybody that opposes them. But they say the time is now that the trans, non-binary, gender, non-conforming, intersex communities are facing astronomical amounts of hate from the world, says the Trans Radical Activist Network, known as TRAN, and calling for their Trans Day of Vengeance. Now, this Trans Day of Vengeance was announced before this chick-turned-guy, so to speak, there's an easy way to identify the difference, by the way, but I don't want to get kicked off the air. This was just before this. So was was this girl motivated by this Trans Day of Vengeance? Should the six families of the of the of the deceased be able to sue this organization for incendiary? words and actions giving rise to the violence that killed their loved ones? Interesting question, isn't it? But they say they're facing astronomical amounts of hate from the world. What? Because people of right mind and righteous people push back against those who are actively attempting to destroy our children? We're the problem? Seriously? So Tran describes itself as, quote, a network of unapologetic activists fighting for queer liberation, end quote. Um, you know, 
don't all the queers have their liberation? What don't they have? You know what they don't have? They don't have us dead. They don't have us in jail. That's what they don't have. They've got all the liberation that they want. Look at the queer pride parades. What a demonic activity there is. those things are. But somehow, it's that, you know, the queers, they have more than liberation. They've got queer dominance. And they will not quit dominating until they have eliminated those who they consider to be the, uh, oh, what some evolutionists might call the lesser species, huh? Anybody who doesn't support their debauched behavior. You know, for them to say that because we're pushing back against them uh, because they're actively trying to destroy our children, that we're the problem, that amounts to the hate is sort of like saying that um, it's sort of like maybe burglars coming out and complaining about the hate that's demonstrated towards them when they uh, meet a homeowner in the middle of the night when they break into their house. They commit the crime but contend that the response constitutes hate. That's what's going on here. Well, you know, a week ago, Tucker Carlson did a piece on this uh, about the transgender movement. Um, And the one that blows me away that's worth repeating. Well, I'm going to have to repeat it later. Man, could that half hour go fast. Do not go away, Rob Walter. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. These days there's dudes getting facials, manicured, waxed, and Botoxed. With deep spray on tans and creamy lotion-y hands, you can't grip a tackle box. Yeah, we're following these men lining up to get hurt. It's heading out of beef and a We are back. This is Robin Walter with the Robin Walter Show. Boy, that does seem like the absolute appropriate song for today. But jumping back to Tucker Carlson here, he said that the NPR, this is a week ago, so this is all before the tranny goes nuclear and blows away six people in Nashville. NPR, a major fake news outlet for sure, was hyping the transgender community's firearms training and their calls for vengeance. 
So should the families of these six now be able to sue NPR for incendiary activity, calling for a day of vengeance? What's that? It can only mean physical harm. It can only mean violence. This is, you know, this is a stark contrast to NPR's historical opposition to firearm ownership. Uh, I got to quote Tucker here because it's just too good to not quote him. He says, suddenly it was that very same station, NPR, positively urging trans people to buy guns, as many guns as possible, and if necessary, to use them. The world is dangerous, explained one trans gun owner. You have to be dangerous backs. Well, let me just say, while they may couch this in terms of being prepared for self-defense, vengeance, which is what they're calling for, is not self-defense. Vengeance is an attack. Vengeance is when a burglar has already burglarized your home and he's running down the street, and you pull out an AR-15 and you drop him in the tush. That's vengeance, and vengeance belongs to God. You don't take the law in your own hands. So what they're calling for is attacks, murders, but then they try to vaguely couch it in terms of self-defense. Vengeance does not belong in that same context. They're liars. He went on to say, why are some trans people so angry and why do they seem to be mad specifically at traditional Christians? We can't think of any trans person who's ever been murdered by Christians. So it's not an actual threat a violence from Christians that's inspiring trans people to buy AR-15s. So you get to some fake news outlet, also like ABC, which I used to call the All Barack Channel, because they'd never hold Barack Hussein Obama accountable for anything he said or did. But Terry Moran, or Moron, depending upon how you want to say it, suggests that Christians were murdered in Tennessee because they infringed on the rights of transgendered people. What a lie. ABC, you're a crock of crap if you still got Terry Moron working for you. Why? Because that's not what what Christians are suggesting. They are. I mean, he's suggesting they have infr- that Christians have infringed upon the rights of transgendered people. As I said, there is nothing... In, on any law books anywhere in any state in this country that prohibits tranny surgeries on adults. You go get to be 18 and you want to ruin your own body, I guess you can go commit suicide or whatever the heck you want to do. You can have that right. That's like saying, what they're saying is, Christians, or the people, you're infringing on the rights of these children to uh, drive at eight years old or to have guns at 12 years old, or to vote at 9 years old. Those aren't rights. Those aren't rights till you come of age, and then they're rights that you sacrifice if you've committed committed certain criminal acts. So for them to say that, or this Terry Moron for ABC News, that Christians were murdered in Tennessee because they infringed on the rights of transgender people. No tranny has had his rights infringed upon except those who want to proselytize and groom minors. Ah, Terry Moron. 
or as Bugs Bunny would say, what a maroon, what a maroon. Well, okay. Have you ever heard of an armed vigilante trans people group looking for vengeance? Well, you have now. That's why you're going to frankly have to be ready for them because of this next article. A study, which is, goes back a year ago. A year ago is previous to the Nashville murder. 3,100 college students in Canada. The study revealed that transgender and gender variant youth are the highest risk group for supporting violent radicalization. Yeah, I'm going to expand here. Quote, transgender and gender diverse youth emerge as a group at the highest risk of support for VR. It's even got initials for it now, violent radicalization. So the studies in the Journal of the Frontiers of Psychiatry with five Canadian academics that concluded as from the study, quote, this is in line with the results of a recent survey conducted during the COVID pandemic that highlighted high levels of support for violent radicalization as well as psychological distress among gender minorities. Huh. Oh, those precious gender minorities. Well, they say that this is in line with the most academic and governmental treatment of LGBT issues in which pathologies associated with LGBT sexual minorities, and in this case, gender minorities, are said to be caused by the larger society as a whole, the homophobic and the transphobic attitudes, rather than being something endemic to these aberrant and immoral lifestyles themselves. So what these academics are admitting is that if you're queer, gender variant, all of this crap that we read, intersex, you this or that, you're more likely to be violently radicalized and sub subscribe to carrying out your extremist. It's not about time. We finally found them. They aren't the Christians. These are the real extremists. Sorry, FBI. Sorry, Department of Injustice. We found them. Now go get them. Of course, they won't. So they're actually faulting righteous and normal people. That in the exercise, they admit it. The study admits these people are screwed up. But they shift the blame for being screwed up to society as a whole, Christians in particular. Why? Because they exercise a First Amendment right. Exercising a First Amendment right then becomes the cause and excuse for these people to kill you, or at the very least, want to kill you. Man. So, Ryan Fournier here, conservative broadcaster, shows a picture on his website. Um, it shows a tranny showing off their firearm, whoever the tranny is, you don't know if it's a male or female here, with a, in a threatening demeanor. Fournier says, here it is. It's got the picture of him or her, he male, she male, whatever. 
with a hashtag FBI won't do a thing. That's right. And I should add that that's the Canadian study added the increased depression and suicide rights rights right rates among those who are in the uh, subscribe to the LGBT QRSTV WXYZ tranny non-binary intersex culture of depravity and uh, the highway to hell. So conservatives and some media organizations are calling on Nashville police to release the killer's manifesto because this gal had a manifesto. They don't want to release it because the LGBT crowd wants to keep these things hidden like everything that they do in private, which is disgusting. And Scripture says we should not even talk about what they do in private. But they want to keep it hidden because they know and we know this girl went to school at a Christian school, gets screwed up, becomes queer, turns tranny, now wants to kill people at the school. It will. It is clearly, absolutely a hate crime. And we don't have to kill her. She's already dead. That's already taken care of. But the concern, of course, about the LGBTQRSGVWXYZ crowd is that it's going to reveal a blatant, overt, anti-Christian agenda consistent with the biggest perpetrators of hate crimes today, and that is queers and your non-binaries and all of that stuff. So do you want proof? You want proof of this violence? Four transsexual mass shooters in the last five years. we got four of them. Transsexual mass shooters in the last five years. Snocha Mosley, the man who identified as a woman, mass murder in Aberdeen, Maryland, a few years back. You've got uh, a couple years ago, the Colorado woman identified as a male went in and shot up. I forgot what place it was. It was not a mass shooter. It was a mass shooter. It wasn't a mass killer. It was killed one. Uh, wounded, I think, at least eight or ten people in that one. Of course, you've got just in November the Colorado guy who shoots up the queer nightclub, kills five, wounds 18, and he was a tranny. But do they tell you that? No. No, evil wants to keep evil in the dark. And then, of course, we've got the uh, shooting in Nashville. Four. Four mass shooters in five years. Now, Consider this. This works out in less than five years. That's four mass shootings committed by people who make up one half of 1% of the population. One half of 1% of the population claims to be a tranny. So that works out to, let's do some math here, 2.75 mass shootings per 1 million transsexuals. If we extrapolate, I mean, that's all I can do. i got to work with the numbers that we got. So doing the math, that if you suppose that 325 million American heterosexuals committed mass shootings at the same rate as trannies are committing mass shootings, then in that five years, we would have had, I'm sorry, in four years, we would have had 900 mass shootings if heterosexuals committed mass shootings at the same rate as trannies 
commit mass shootings. Enough proof? Well, let's try one more. Washington Post. This. Let's take a look at what happened the day before the shooting. The day before. The Washington Compost profiles radicals. They identified the radicals' new favorite gun and that trannies are on a gun-buying spree the day before. The AR-15 has now been identified as Washington Post. This is the day before as the radicals' rifle. In other words, the left is becoming armed at an alarming rate. An alarming rate. And, of course, they're blaming... um, the right for needing to be uh, to for self-defense, even though there's absolutely no proof. You cannot come up with the scenarios where the heterosexuals are going around shooting and killing trannies or queers. It's another fake hoax, like all the fake racist hoax that are happening on campus. Fake, 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 fake. More on that later, another program. But this report explained how leftists in multiple states are arming themselves to, quote, protect LGBTQ gatherings. Uh, Supposedly against, quote, what they say, armed right-wing agitators who basically smear trans people and drag show artists as groomers and pedophiles. Well, first of all, that's true. They are groomers and pedophiles, so let truth be truth. Second of all, it's the First Amendment that they're exercising. Third of all, anybody who's so-called right-wing saying those things is not telling people to go kill them. They're not calling for a day of vengeance. They're not getting a radical's rifle to deal with trannies. But maybe it's time. Not as a day of vengeance, but as a day of self-defense. So why aren't the left armed? Now, I'm going to say that. Why isn't the left that is becoming armed, these training organizations, domestic terrorists? Why not? Well, let me read you something here from David Capellian. I want to end with this. He says, quote, While all good people are understandably focused on the heartbreaking mass murder of Christian children and adults in Nashville, you should know that America's elite class has been literally encouraging terrorism for a long time. Just in last week or two, during an appearance on ABC's The View, host Joy Bahar asked left-wing actress Jane Fonda how best to respond to all those annoying pro-life Christians out there in today's America. Joy said, besides marching and protesting, what else do you suggest? Fonda's answer, murder. What did you say? asked an incredulous Lily Tomlin. Murder, replied Fonda. Then over at Wayne State University, which I was going to cover, but it's part of uh, part of uh, Capellian's piece here, Professor Stephen Shaviro, Shaviro, Shaviro posted the following on social media this last week with regard to conservative speakers coming to campus. Quote, I think it is far more admirable to kill a racist, homophobic, or transphobic speaker than it is to shout them down. 
Now, Shaviro has been put on leave, but he still technically has his job. He's still getting paid. And then, of course, in Minnesota, you got the, the pro-tranny lieutenant governor, Peggy Flanagan, with the uh, T-shirt online, I've seen it, saying, protect trans kids. And between the words, she's got a great big knife. Well, the knife could be a double entendre of sorts, meaning is it a reference to mutilating the children or is it a reference to stabbing anybody who opposes trannies? Capellian says, as I previously pointed out, there's an increasingly undeniable reality underlying so many of today's news headlines. Public statements and social media posts coming from today's ruling class. And that is this. Alongside all the unfolding degradation and societal destruction we are now experiencing, from the intentional destruction of our nation's economy and fossil fuel industries to the full-scale foreign invasion across America's southern borders, to the intentional promotion of violent crime, the intentional orgy of grooming and recruiting America's innocent kids into the ultra-dark transgender world, and so on, something else remarkable is happening. The very same political, cultural, and sexual revolutionaries responsible for all of today's unprecedented chaos in America have recently dared to come out and publicly identify exactly who they consider to be the mortal enemy. Christians. Yes, Christians are their enemy. That is the hidden message in almost everything taking place in the public and political spheres these days, which is not so hidden anymore. For years, they beat around the bush, condemning conservative Christians with labels like ultra-maga, white supremacist, uh, the unvaccinated, and some mysterious entity called QAnon. But some of their attacks have been droolingly stupid, like the U.S. Department of Justice accusing normal, decent parents of being domestic terrorists by standing up and complaining at school board meetings about teachers brainwashing and corrupting their six-year-olds with Marxist critical race theory. Somehow, every moral, patriotic, traditionally-minded American these days is a violent extremist in these people's minds. And I might add, but no such label has been given to trannies with AR-15s killing Christians. But now we know why. The ruling elites have finally grown sufficiently brazen to openly identify the one group they consider the true and ultimate enemy. NBC, MSNBC's Jahan Jones, quote, It's becoming increasingly clear that the United States is under siege by Christian fundamentalists and traditionalists. Another one from the Center for American Progress. Christian nationalism is the single biggest threat to America's religious freedom. This is laughable if it weren't real. Quote, the Republican Party is a movement dedicated to imposing white Christian nationalism that insists that Washington's pretend, uh, insists the Washington Post pretend conservative Jennifer Rubin. If Christian nationalism isn't essentially domestic terrorism, then I don't know what is. They simultaneously weaponize the Bible and the Constitution to justify their wanton disregard for the views and safety of others and their insatiable lust for weapons and violence. That's interesting. That's all before (coughs) the other day. And, of course, none of this is to mention 
the resignation of Katie Hobbs, the fake illegitimate governor of the state of Arizona who stole the election, her press secretary, the equivalent to Jean-Pierre Lesbienne, who after the murder of the six posts a Twitter photo of a woman with a gun in each hand with a, quote, us against the transphobes. This is a press secretary for the governor encouraging, by way of a photo, a woman with two guns, encouraging people to shoot anybody who's transphobic. Fortunately, this whore of the left resigned. But it brings us to an ultimate point here. People say, well, we just need to pray. Yeah, that's the start, but if that's the finish, then you'll be finished. If you think the answer is to hide in the corner and pray, then you'll be slaughtered in the corner when you don't stand up. Because if you don't stand up soon, it's gone. I have said ad nauseum. Buy guns, buy ammo, get trained, use it properly, use it legally, use it safely. Jesus, well, before you've just, Paul, Paul said, he doesn't provide for his own, it's worse than an infidel. If you don't provide for the protection of the lives of your children and grandchildren, you're worse than an unbeliever. We want to ascribe that to simply providing shoes and food and clothing and shelter and AC in Arizona. Fine. But if you don't protect their lives, first and foremost, then all that other stuff is meaningless. Everything else is just a bunch of crap. If you're not prepared to protect their lives. And Jesus, without provocation, tells the disciples, the day is coming. And the day is here. But he said the day is coming. You need to sell your cloak, sell your garment, and buy a sword. One of the disciples said to him, Lord, here are two swords. And Jesus said, that's enough. Well, why are two swords enough for that disciple? Because the disciple only has two hands. No need for three swords with somebody with two hands. He was addressing that one individual. Some said, well, that's the sword of the word. The sword. Bull crap. Don't take Jesus' clear words of, suggest, of saying you need to be armed. Why? To overthrow the government? No. Why? To go kill rulers? No. Why? To go commit murder? No. But to be able to defend yourself. And if you don't do it, you're on your own. God may miraculously deliver you as you cry out for help. But if if after some traumatic experience about getting beaten up or almost dying, you don't go ahead and do it, then too bad. And so sad. I'm sorry. Now you see, with all this violence, Jesus said, you know, the end of the, time, the, end of the world is going to be violence. It'll be as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Cogitate about that admonition. We are there. Don't quit praying. Just add the right weapons to your prayers and your gun to your guns, your ammo, properly trained to be able to defend you and your family and your loved ones against all enemies, both foreign 
and domestic. And time will reveal who are the foreign and the domestic enemies with greater definition than what you heard today. Robin Walter encouraging you to sit tall in the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand. Brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next time.